really this idea of balance for us is not work and then sit on the couch, work and then vacation. It's work, 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 just in different areas of our life that we have determined to be the most important. And I wanna grow these things all proportionally together or else really I feel like I'm a failure regardless if other people thought I was super successful. Welcome back to The Donkey and the Bee with your hosts, Brett and Laura Shakavis, where we talk all things marriage, entrepreneurship, and finances. And I know, Brett, we have a fun topic today, and I know that we are both very passionate about what we're talking about today, so I'm excited. Well, good. So we're talking about this idea of work-life balance, and we are young hustlers and approaching not so young, but still hustling. Excuse me. I think we're still young. Okay. Well... There's so much talk on this, like, I want work-life balance. I want my two weeks or four weeks PTO. And, you know, we never took any of that stuff. We are pushing towards our goals, towards our dreams. But moreover than that, we're, we're pushing towards our family time. We're pushing towards earlier time. We're pushing towards some of these things. So I want to unpack this idea of work-life balance and how I really don't think it is what's best for you as a American or as someone who is hustling and grinded to do what's best for their family. So I like this term that we started using called growth life balance. And we're going to talk about that today, how we have unpacked what our core values are as a couple and a family, and we're growing towards certain things. So what do you think of when you hear work-life balance for the common American living today? The first word that comes to my mind is, is lazy. I feel like a lot of times the common culture wants to work as little as possible, but make the most amount of money. And so I think that that's what they think of as balance as I'm, I'm working my 40 hours, which is the minimum amount I'm going to work each week. But then I'm also getting extra time with my family um, on the, on the times that I'm off. So I'm going to work my 40 hours. I'm not going to go above and beyond. I'm not going to work 40.5 hours or anything above 40 hours because I want to work less and still make as much money as possible. So that's how I see that the common American culture sees work-life balance as having 40 hours of work, a work, 40 hours of work a week, and then the rest of the time I'm sitting around my family or watching football. Right. I remember when we were waiting tables. I mean, I was kind of doing this calculation in my head, right? I think it was just before we became entrepreneurs. And I would think to myself, how do I make the most amount of money by doing the least amount of work and it costing me the least amount of time? Because I want to do what I want to do, right? I, and honestly, we weren't doing anything productive. We were going out with friends. We were drinking. We were going you know, out wherever we're going to go. But nonetheless, it was nothing productive. And I think that's where I want to hit today is that this idea of work-life balance is really how do I take my time back so that I can be unproductive? And I think that's really the core issue. You started this saying you think about laziness. And I think the same thing, right? But my word was unproductive. And so this common idea of I want work-life balance, I think maybe started as a great thing, but has shifted culturally currently to be like, well, how do I just sit on my butt, right? How do I put in the least amount of work? And I think we see it from a different perspective because we're not employees. We have all of our businesses have staff and employees, And so we see it from the other perspective where we are always hustling. We are always trying to give 110% because these are really our customers that are there. 
And I remember, again, thinking back when I was an employee, I just really just cared enough to do my job and really what was the best result for me, meaning how can I make the most money and then leave as quickly as I can. Yeah. With the the impact of social media on our culture, I think, has been a huge determining factor to this. Mental health, right? You see that tossed around social media, the news. We do have a mental health crisis. I'm completely aware of that. But I think that 50 years ago, there was probably still a mental health crisis, but not as severe it is today because of social media. But I think it's interesting that a mental health day is taken by so many people and it's like, it's okay in the culture now. Oh, I need a mental health day. What does that really mean? Like, are you actually working on yourself or are you just sitting on the couch and watching TV? Is that what a mental health day? And I'm not trying to downplay the, the mental health crisis we have going on. I think it really is a problem, and I think a lot of it has to do with social media and the comparison game that we that we play with other people who are on social media who are pretending to be other people who they really aren't. <laughs> so um, I'm not trying to downplay that because I know that is an issue, but I still think that a lot of people take that cop out. They take that excuse to to do exactly what we're talking about, kind of be take the lazy route, not work hard, not not go the the extra mile. I mean, I have never taken a mental health day, and believe me, I've had many days where I was not mentally capable of doing my job, but I had to do it anyways. I had to put my big girl pants on, I had to swallow back my tears, and I had to get my butt into work anyways. And it sucks. It does. It's hard. But I think that's what it takes uh, when you're an entrepreneur. You have to work on those days. You can't take the mental health day. You can't have that quote-unquote balance. So we've defined what American culture views as work-life balance, but what does... Brett and Laura Shotkavis view work-life balance? So I really don't like that term at all. My mindset is for a growth life balance. So really, I don't ever really take days off, right? I'm There's plenty of days where I'm not working, quote unquote, for our businesses, but I'm still working on other areas of my life. And I think really that's the balance. Instead of taking that time where my life is really just segmented into, you know, work and relax, it's really just all work, but on different areas of my life, right? So, right, there's there's my finances, right? All our businesses and jobs are doing that. But then if I'm not doing that, really, I am working on my physical body, on my, my mental um, part of my body, on my spiritual relationship with God. I'm spending time with our girls and we're working on their business. We're doing, you know, fun things, traveling, and that's kind of growth related towards our family goals. So I think for me, I put this in kind of different boxes of goals. I want to grow on these goals. And I just listed probably about five things that we've decided are important to our family. So instead of this idea of work-life balance being like life is this general kind of bubble for I'm going to sit on the couch and really do nothing. I want to have, you know, growth in all five of these areas that are important to us. So finances being work. And then when it's not work time, I'm still focusing. I'm working on my goals towards the other things. So what I've heard from a lot of individuals is, oh, Brett and Laura, it must be just so easy for you guys because you work together. And so, you know, you have the same goals because... You know, you you, work, you have the same business, and so 
yeah, that's got to be easy. But what if I, you know, have a 40-hour work uh, week at a tech company and then, you know, my wife works 40-plus hours down at the hospital? Like, how do we align our our goals or our core values for our family? Yeah, so I think there's two parts to that that question is, First off, the assumption, the huge assumption yeah. that working with your spouse is going to be easy and fun and all rainbows and puppy dogs, yeah, it's right? It's not like, easy to work with him. Just so you know, everybody. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's someone who's usually not easy to work with, and maybe both people are, right? But nonetheless, like we came to the table many, many times over you know the 18 years we've been together and said, hey, here's what are important to our family. And... We listed these things out, right? First and foremost, like our relationship with God. It is vastly important, right? Then it's our marriage, and then it's our children, right? Probably those three in that order. And then somewhere after that is finances and our extended family and friend group. Uh, and then, you know, somewhere in that realm is still our physical body and our mental state controlling that. So but we've listed these things out as like, here are the five things that are our goals, our family goals, where we literally go through on the first of the year and say, hey, here are the goals we have for this next upcoming year. And we break them out into these categories and say, okay, here's what we're going to do in these things. We were able to get on the same page. We may have different personal goals on some of these areas, but we have the same core family goals on the other versions of these areas. So we're able to just come on the same page and say, okay, here's what we want to do. Here's where we are trying to grow in these areas. And these are the most important things in our lives. And so some are more important than others, and we've identified those. So I would say if you're going to get on the same page with this growth life balance that you really start with several conversations about literally what is important to you, your spouse, and then you together as your family, and set aside these conversations so you can say, here are the core values for our family, and we're going to put these first and foremost. Well, let's talk about some actual real-life people who you think don't really have that growth-minded approach toward their goals. Now, there can be some uber-successful individuals who are successful financially or in the business world, but they may not have that growth-minded approach toward their spiritual life or toward their marriage or in their relationships and their kids. And so I kind of wanted to talk about people in the real world that most people know that we can use an example and not to necessarily bash them, but kind of in a way <laughs> um, to just give an example of what we're talking about here. So, and the first person that I can think of that comes to mind uh, is Donald Trump. And I completely respect the dude. I mean, he's he's come out of bankruptcies back and forth. I mean, he's he can come out of anything and become a billionaire. And I think that's very uh, respectful. But I think that he has a growth-minded approach toward business and toward finances. But if you've watched you know, any documentary on Donald Trump, you know that he kind of has a messy family life and relationship life. And so I think that he didn't take that approach toward growth in his relationships, in his marriage, um, maybe with his kids. He seems like he has a pretty good relationship with his kids, but we don't know. Um, his physical body, I mean, I don't think he's ever really had a growth-minded approach toward you know, being physically fit, uh, maybe growth-minded in a different way. Um, and so I think that he may have not sat down with his wife and had this conversation of, hey, 
I think these core values are important to us. He may have just gone shot to the moon with, hey, I want to be president of the United States and I'm going to do whatever I can do to get there. So and that may have been a detriment to him with his relationships with his wife. Maybe she wasn't that wasn't her core value and that maybe that might have put a wedge between them. So that's one example I can think of. Super successful guy, but he he's only successful in one area, in my opinion. Yeah, I know what you mean. But that may be his choice. He may have decided subconsciously or consciously that like this is everything to him, right? I want to be a billionaire. I want to be a successful real estate tycoon. I want to be president, right? And maybe having the successful marriage, the great children, um, maybe those things are are important to him, but they're way disproportionately important. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a difference for us as we came through and we said, okay, here are the five things that are important to us. And roughly they're pretty equal in importance for us, right? And that's really that term, what we mean by growth life balance, because we have these five core things that we want to grow kind of proportionally together. So maybe Trump's just like, no, everything for me, I'm all in on being this big time real estate tycoon. And maybe that was his definition of success. Mm -hmm. And that's where I would say to people, what is your definition of success personally for your spouse and then together? Mm -hmm. So you can look at some of these other people, right? Donald Trump's a very obvious example. What about Robin Williams? Love the man, incredible talent, right? Very successful, famous, but then he ended up taking his own life, mm -hmm. right? He wasn't growing in his mental state. He wasn't controlling his thoughts and his mind, and it led him down a dark path. Mm -hmm. So there's other aspects where, you know, you can be successful in one or two areas of life, but that's not really what I want, and that's not what we decided we wanted together. Here are the five things that we said. These are the most important. And really, if one of these things fails, kind of the whole thing fails, right? It's, it's almost like a five-legged stool where you kick one of them out and the whole thing crumbles. Because I'll tell you what, we could be billionaires, but if we got a divorce, I think the whole thing is for crap. Mm -hmm. I would consider myself a failure if we got a divorce and we had built crazy, huge wealth and, and businesses, right? Because that is what we have decided and what I believe in my, in my subconscious as part of our success path. And the same with our kids, the same with our faith, the same with our physical body. Like, I have to have all five of these things kind of growing together in sequence. And so one, if one is like way disproportionately higher than the others, then I feel like I'm out of whack and perhaps now I'm out of balance. So I've thought about this in my head where I almost have like these little building blocks you play with like when you're a little kid, right? And you stack them up, you make these little towers. And I think as we're playing this game of life and we are growing in these five areas, that these towers, that I'm, I'm stacking them, making them taller and taller, I really want them to be kind of in proportion to each other. I don't want one tower really high and my other four really low. I really want all five of them kind of just growing um, step by step amongst each other. So I had this conversation with your mom maybe uh, six months ago, and we were talking about business, and we were talking about growing wealth, and I told her that I really believed that I could have been way wealthier earlier in life, but I chose not to intentionally because I wanted to take that time and energy and stop building that tower of finances, 
that I thought it was important enough that I take that, that focus, that attention, and now move it over to our marriage. Now move it over to our children and everything else that we talked about being so important. Really, this idea of balance for us is not work and then sit on the couch, work and then vacation. It's work, 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 just in different areas of our life that we have determined to be the most important. And I want to grow these things all proportionally together or else really I feel like I'm a failure regardless if other people thought I was super successful. It's interesting you say that because I think the culture now, especially I think with women in you know, the 2020s, is to, to focus so much on your career and get that fully established until you're like mid-30s and then get married and then focus on the kids. So, and I think that's completely flip-flop from what, 50, 60 years ago when you get married when you're like 12 and you would start a family and you had your farm and all that kind of stuff, right? Like it, it's weird how the culture has completely shifted and it's not that way anymore. So when I think about the common female in American culture where it's just all career is, is literally everything else is flat and it's mm-hmm. career. And then it's like, yes, finance, finance is also up there with career. But there's no, there could be no spiritual, there could be no physical, there could be no um, relation with your spouse. And so I think that's an interesting approach to balance it out completely, whereas I think even for men too, I'm sure it's the same way, where they want to focus on their career first before they start a family. Yeah, I think that's both men and women, right? They're like, hey, let's get this financial thing kind of situated. And then from there, you know, we can look at kids, we can look at you know, other things. And that kind of makes sense, right? Like, I'm not saying that for us, we are exactly proportionate in all these things. We spent a lot of time in the very beginning before we had kids, right? Like putting in this time, putting this financial foundation, but there was also a lot of time on our foundation as a husband and wife. There was a lot of time and energy there. And so I think there will be stages in your life and different phases where your attention and your energy shift and your focus shifts to, I'm focused mostly on building this section of my life. And I think that's appropriate. And that's kind of really how the ebbs and flows of life go. But nonetheless, it should never be 100% or 99% is going towards this one tower of whatever it is. It needs to all be kind of proportionately dispersed. Mm -hmm. And you really have to have that conversation of, here's how we are growing together. So I think that's what makes us successful in our marriage is because we have already gone through and predetermined here is what we as a marriage determine as successful. So now we're just going through and doing our plan. This is such an important thing to talk about if you are single and you are in the dating world. I think it's something that doesn't get discussed, right? Like, granted, I've only been on a date with you because you've been my my only, one and only. But if you were to sit down for first, second, third, fourth, fifth date, would you ask somebody, what are your core values in life? Like, I don't know if that's a question that a lot of people ask. And I think that's super important to know to, to make sure you're both not wasting each other's time. Because if, if my core values are, you know, relationship with God, uh, my family, business, finances, those types of things, but your core values are completely not spiritual, like you have no spiritual life, and, you know, you maybe are just completely driven to become president. And if you don't have those core values set in stone beforehand, I think it's almost falling on like a, a bedrock of an uneven foundation from the very beginning. And so I think it's something that needs to be 
openly honest and communicate communicative toward so that you know where each of you all want to head. Well, we're talking about this growth life balance, but really we got kind of into the core of how do you build a successful relationship before you even propose, right? Like Mm -hmm. laying out these core values. So I think it's important to acknowledge that these are things that may change as you get older, but nonetheless, they are going to be pretty much the same your entire life. And you got to come on the same page together. And then you essentially just execute this together your entire marriage. And from our experience, marriage to me, at least, is really easy. Oh, uh uh-huh, yeah. And I think, (laughs) you know, our marriage has been really easy because we've got on the same page with these things and we have the same goals towards growth. So I think getting on the same page for us, even before we got married, that carried us through our marriage. And then really, we just spent the last 20 years executing this plan. And it's adjusted a little bit as we've gone through. But nonetheless, the majority of it has stayed the same. And this allowed us to be successful with our marriage. Thanks for joining us on another episode of The Donkey and the Bee. Click below to subscribe so you'll get alerted to any new episodes that we drop. And we will see you next time.